Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Grace. Welcome to Triumph, the podcast, where we chat about all things swim, bike, run, in the lead up to our first Ironman. Whether you're a triathlon newbie, old-timer, or you simply enjoy listening to the trials and tribulations of two aspiring Ironwomen, we bring you all the oomph you never knew you needed. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I might fall asleep. Oh, you did long bike ride today. Yeah. So our theme this week, we've struggled a bit to come up with a title for. We've had a violent disagreement about the title for it and you won. I just feel like when you say well-being, people know you're Mm. talking about taking care of yourself, doing nice things, getting enough recovery and rest. So I think that's what it's about. Iron Man is all about kind of strength and endurance and power and grit. It doesn't really lend itself, although it should, to a discussion about well-being. Yeah, so you sent me a video called The Crawl, and I thought, oh, this is going to help me out with my front crawl. Take the, the Brownlee brother who was struggling to make it to the finish line and basically multiply that by a thousand, and you have The Crawl, which is these two women fighting it out and then right at the end of the video I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it but right at the end of the video the commentator says and the one who literally crawls over the line got fourth place and it's like you were battling it out for fourth and fifth place it wasn't even like they were going to win it what you do to your body to get yourself to that point if you were into well-being you just wouldn't do an iron man (laughs) We're not coming at this from a very scientific point of view. But the reason I like it as a topic is because if I were listening to you, which I frequently do, I am interested in what you do to take care of yourself. What little treats and rewards you give yourself, what motivates you to train in the first place. Okay. So last week's commitments, what was yours? Well, mine is my usual one that I keep setting myself and then failing at, which is to do everything on the training plan. I did most things on the training plan, but not everything. So when I edit this, can I just use the same little bit of audio? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I've been listening to the Science of Sport podcast, which I absolutely love. And one of the ones I was listening to recently was talking about you rig your race to win it. So it's like when you come home from a bike ride and you look on your Strava and it says you're the 645th woman on that particular section you think oh that's not that great and then you go well, how about by age oh well then you're like the 10th woman to do it. <laughs> okay how about today because the conditions are pretty tough today and then you're like the first woman to have completed that uh, section. Okay. You're like, you need to set your parameters to something which is manageable and, and winnable i have learned to set myself more reasonable commitments they're gonna be smart yes no they, they, they were very smart no, before they-, they weren't smart they were smirt you did do well with the training plan in recent days i was what's the word flummoxed by the weather that's not the word i want no that isn't the word you want you were thwarted i was thwarted by the weather so i had to bike ride on sunday and it was very wet indeed (laughs) how about you how did you get on mine was probably because mine's always to get enough recovery isn't it more specifically i wanted to allow enough time either side of training to fuel up properly prepare mm-hmm. then when I come back refuel rest up so you're taking a more sort of holistic approach to your training yeah, yeah. exactly that 
I'm in a very fortunate position. I can be completely flexible around when I practice. My work in terms of performances will tend to be, you know, a couple of dates around a very specific Mm -hmm. period. I do appreciate that. It's not the same for everyone. It's certainly not the same for you. Well, yeah, but you do also have to be really, really careful. If you were to get a cold or if you were to get an injury that affected your ability to perform, that's your performance down the drain. I know you worried about my face. Yeah. (laughs) If you fall off your bike and smash your face up, more of a worry for you than it is. I think I will probably still get work. And it's funny because I was thinking only today on the bike because I had five hours to think. I forgot and suddenly remembered that I played hockey and I forgot to mention Mm -hmm. last week some of my hockey coaches. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, why did I give that up? And one of the overarching things was that I wasn't good enough to avoid injury, basically. And the last injury I had, so I've got all sorts of... (laughs) I just have this image of you just getting whacked with hockey sticks (laughs) because you're just always in the way. (laughs) Yes. The last injury I had was a ball to the head (laughs) and I had stitches and I remember falling to the ground going my face I think my face is something to be particularly proud of but as you say just you don't want it to be horribly disfigured through your own doing and it was after that that I thought no I really can't risk this I'm not denouncing the sport it was a combination of me not being very good at it and (laughs) it being quite a dangerous sport anyway the point is this week I did get on really well with that. Don't laugh at this. I'm not laughing. I was just saying. No, no, it's a warning. Don't laugh oh, at right, this. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I've said to Nobby, I think the next, he's, who is incidentally making quite a lot of noise in the hall. I think the next month, I think I do have to behave like a professional athlete. I know I'm not, but I think just in terms of, like we said, strategizing, being sensible about things. And the podcast has been really informative, the science of, Oh, oh, I thought you meant our one. No, that no, that's been absolutely useless. The Science of Sport podcast. Mm. Oh, I just absolutely fell in love with it. It was mm. a bit of me. The stats and the facts. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about swim. I'm interested to know how we don't get too sort of shattered in each discipline. I was thinking about the red ambulance, often prescribed for a post-swim, Coca-Cola, especially in the open water, in case you have ingested something that you shouldn't have done. Reach for the red ambulance, yeah. Oh, I, I love that phrase. Now, you told me that when we went swimming in Hampstead, and I take any excuse to drink a Coke. But you're right, there's something about swimming that totally justifies it. You come out just needing that hit. I'll always have a noon now because we've talked about this in past weeks. And mm-hmm. before I do any session now, I have a noon or I have it okay. during the session, whatever's most appropriate. So for a swim, I'll have it on the side next to my pool boy. I always find this funny. The pool boy. Oh, Just Edward. little boy. That way. <laughs> <laughs> I do think a warm up is important. And actually in the past, I've been a bit like, yeah, whatever. I mean, warm up is used in all kinds of other areas of life. So, you know, let's. Let's just warm you up before you we hit you with some difficult questions. But in the context of exercise, I think warm-up is, is just literal. You are warming up your muscles. Yeah. So mm-hmm. warm-up, kids. And then I did want to talk about the 80-20 split with swimming. It's supposedly 80% technique, 20% effort. 
I know that in the past I've been thrashing about really like, oh, if I just give it my all. And it doesn't work like that. The more relaxed I can be with my breathing, the more streamlined I can focus on being, the more I can stretch out and reach out, I knock seconds off my time and points off my Swolf score. If you know, you know, but if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Your Swolf score is the sum of the time for one pool length, assuming a 25 metre pool, plus the number of strokes for that length. So 30 seconds plus 15 strokes equals a Swolf score of 45. But I do just need to add that this is so similar to singing. You can drive the voice and you can think, if I sing louder, more people will hear me. There will be more tone in my voice. There will be more. You know, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it before you learn that actually good technique will make the voice carry further for less effort. You'll be able to sing for longer. And I don't just mean short term. I mean, over the years and you'll be able to have a longer mm-hmm. career. It's very okay. comparable. I'm, I'm struggling a bit. My well-being with swimming is struggling. I also had... I had a realisation at the West Reservoir recently where I, I set off to go and do three laps of the 400 metre course. It was only on the, the final straight of the third lap that it all kind of came together because I finally relaxed. So I thought, well, I'm just going to st- stay and do, I'll do another 200 metre lap. I'll do, and anyway, I ended up doing a 400 metre lap and really enjoying it. It's about warming up mentally as well. Just don't worry. For the first, like, whatever it is, 30 seconds to a minute, and that can be dependent on the water temperature. Your body's going to be in shock and is going to be in survival mode. So just chill until you can find your rhythm and find your pace. Like the England team. Yes. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? Straight after kickoff, they need a few minutes for everyone yeah. to just settle. And then, they, and then they score 4-0. I wanted to mention the pool boy. Eduardo. Eduardo. I know the swim doctor has recommended that you spend more time with your pool boy, <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, actually, that's a big part of my well-being in the pool. If I've got an aerobic endurance session where I'm just trying to get kilometres in, then I do almost half of it with the pool boy because it just gives you that thinking time where you're not mm-hmm. worrying about your legs and your buoyancy. And so it just gives you that little bit of respite to really mm-hmm. focus in on technique, which is lovely i have a question yes you there with the dark hair (laughs) on the zoom call yeah do you prefer swimming on your own or with other people i prefer swimming on my own i love seeing people at the pool i'm so focused in my swimming sessions i couldn't chat Mm -hmm. to anyone the other day i went for a long swim in a lake well my friends Mm -hmm. met me there mike and emma Mm -hmm. kelly Mm -hmm. and it was lovely to see them and mike went for a swim he didn't want to do 3,200 metres. He did something like 1,500, I think, something like that, 1,800. Yeah. So I was already swimming and then he came in. And it was nice to know that he was around and about, but I could never have spotted him. But it was so, so nice to come out of the water and we shared a hot chocolate from a flask on the bank. What about you? There's one person who, at the risk of me getting upset, I really do genuinely love swimming with. And what I love about it is the kind of look over your shoulder, like, are you doing okay? That's obviously somebody who loves and cares about you. That for me, a really reassuring and, and lovely thing. But if I got to the West Reservoir and there was nobody else there, just a lifeguard bobbing about, I'd be like, oh, bliss. I don't need to worry at all. 
but and this is going to be such an issue for me with the Ironman because <laughs> yeah. like the pictures from Bolton this weekend I mean, all you can see is these purple hats and on that I'm a little bit upset because I think I need a neon yellow flashing hat <laughs> to come and rescue me. So if I get to the West Reservoir, I want there to be one lifeguard and just me. Perfect. If I'm going somewhere beautiful that is just wild swimming, but I'd never want to do that on my own. I mean, I always take Judith, my trusty, what's she called? Toe bag. Toe float. <laughs> Unless... <laughs> <laughs> she aged lately <laughs> yeah she's a toe bag so I take her but very fortunate my sister-in-law Suze is an amazing swimmer she also happens to be a firefighter and has qualified as an RNLI saint there's nothing like going for a swim with somebody who you know can say one is an amazing swimmer and two can save your life and three hopefully would <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right if I'm in the sea I would love someone else to come swimming with me for safety and camaraderie so I think I've spoken a little bit quickly there and also people don't generally swim with me I don't know what it is about me but maybe if they did more then just I'd give like... up a vibe <laughs> maybe I'd like them to come with me more if they did but they don't so I just get over it so what treats do you like for swim it's not necessarily food it can be just stuff that makes you feel comfy and cozy or particularly relaxed either before or after a swim um nothing makes me relax before a swim I just feel stressed after a swim I like to get in my car and then either call you or I was just gonna say I like to get in my car and call you isn't that so like I don't know what it is it's about again I suppose it is that sort of camaraderie I know at some point you're probably going to do the same or a very similar swim that week and it's just lovely to kind of download your experience but I do love my dry robe I think your dry robe might be the reason why other people don't like to swim with you (laughs) (laughs) I've got the fluoro pink camo version obviously and but I also love having a hot drink in my car waiting okay should we get on the bike you get on the bike no I've been on the bike (laughs) oh you have so what's important for your well-being on the bike oh so much so much I've gone through different stages of cycling it was just my way of getting from a to b then it became starting with ride london doing sportives and stuff and i was really happy to just do them by myself and then i started cycling with other people and doing sportives with other people and i can't go back and so i invested in those headsets that you and i use when we go out cycling and you can just chat back and forth but you can still hear traffic and stuff so they're not in your ears they're kind of near your ears it just makes it such a much more enjoyable experience i think Oh, I absolutely agree. They're brilliant. And I think you just have to remember to move it to one side when you go to the toilet. (laughs) Yes, you do need to remember that. I don't like riding on my own, but I don't have much choice at the moment. I've talked briefly about about my work. It doesn't fit with everybody else. So You do at least have the benefit of beautiful, beautiful countryside on your doorstep. You know you're going to be rewarded with coastal views. You have said to me before about going down a road you've never explored before that's not metaphorical I'm talking very literally when I'm on the bike that actually gives me a lot of motivation because I know most of the cycle routes where I am I always now try and find some little cut through or something that I've never experimented with before 
I'm very much a fair weather rider though. I really, really hate riding and wind and rain just gives me no pleasure whatsoever. It just feels like a slog. Yeah, I feel like I've done my I've done my days of cycling in all weathers. I did I did the ride London that was um literally the tail end of a hurricane. So I'm I'm just now I'm kinda like I'm not gonna get the exercise benefit from it. No. I'm not going to it's not gonna help me. Can we cover like Strava and sort of mm. expectations on yourself? You came off Strava at one point, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, it was actually more to do with running, but I just found that I was constantly trying to beat my average pace from the run before and I was like yeah it's just not sustainable it wasn't it particularly because I took up with some fervor an interest in low heart rate training I didn't want to have to justify these very very slow times so yeah. it just came off what's your feelings around on Strava if we can just dip back in the pool just briefly for some reason my swim data is so inaccurate it either makes me really, really fast or, or it only charts like 12 meters. But with the bike and the run, I'm, I'm just not, I'm interested. I'll look at it and kind of go, oh, how am I doing? How do I match up? I don't know why I went back on there. Oh, I went back on there for a very boring sort of admin reason. And then I just thought, oh, I'll stay on it. I think my relationship with it is much healthier now. And something I have done as well is I've switched the screen that I use on my computer Sorry, I've just had a WhatsApp from my mother, who's desperately trying to get hold of me, to say she's away and could I put her garden rubbish out? Do you need to go and do that now? I do need to do it soon, but I think she'll hear this podcast in about a week. So, yeah, done. <laughs> okay. Because I was getting so caught, so hung up on this average speed for the ride, which then mm. every time I came home, I was calculating how long the Ironman ride was going to take me um, yeah, that's what I do for swimming isn't it funny that you don't that you do that for the things you're not confident about and the disciplines you're confident yeah. in you're just like yeah whatever so yeah. I just don't have the average speed for the ride up I think that's a really important point is to think about what what motivates you when you're riding whether it's other people or whether it's a bit of data for me one of the, the things that's a real motivator is elapsed time and I'm really good at saying to myself, you've been out for two hours. That's amazing. You've only got another five hours to go. Knowing yourself well enough to know what's going to motivate you, what's going to encourage you, mm. and what's actually going to be potentially damaging. Treats for the bike. I used to come back and I'd have a, what are those fancy San Pellegrino drinks? I'd have a grapefruit San <laughs> Pellegrino. you say like a volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I have a volleyball and an eclair. <laughs> I come back and I'd have a San Pellegrino grapefruit drink and I'd have a scotch egg and it was ah oh, it was so good. Or or sometimes I'd have a pork pie, but it just felt so good. But now I don't eat meat. And so I don't really have like a post-ride treat on the bike. I really like a hot cross bun. Yeah. I mean I've got one one word. Four syllables, my treat on the pepperami. bike. Pepperami. Pepperami. My new tri suit mm. has a lovely little pepperami pocket. So I think they're technically for gels. I think you're supposed to put gels in those. Nope. I think that's what they're made for. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have a cigar in mine. <laughs> <laughs> Cuban. But for me, I always plan that evening like, okay, I'm going to have a curry yeah. or I'm going to have a pizza. Or I'm gonna... And it's that sitting back and just going, yes, I'll have a pizza. Fine. I do love and that. I... 
I remember you saying, mm-hmm. get back, have a shower, put some clean clothes on. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. and go for like a pub lunch kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is lovely, that feeling. Yeah. It's over. I'm clean. I'm fresh. I've got that smug, been for a ride feeling. Let's go to the pub and have a proper pub lunch. And your mum did an amazing jacket potato meal for us once. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? I've Mm. got that smug feeling right now, and tonight I've made it a curry Monday. Should we go for a run? Yes. (laughs) So I love the fact that we've just been chatting about how after a bike ride, what I really like to do is just go have a shower, relax. What will we do after the Ironman? Go for, a, go, go for a marathon oh yeah i'd like to talk about heart rates please because it's episode six and i've barely mentioned them okay can i just go and take a nap whilst you do that <laughs> yes because then you will get sufficient recovery i only want to touch on it briefly in run i find very little that helps me with my well-being because i'm so busy running <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's about music. I forgot my headphones last week. And I was like, I, ju- I don't actually think I can do it without headphones. What are you going to do in the Iron Man? I'll be, di- I'll be crawling. I don't need to worry about entertainment or motivation. I'll just be like licking the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, a lovely friend from school who I haven't been in touch with for about 20 years. But I know she's done an Iron Man and she really kindly took the time to write me an email and she was very open and honest and frank and one of the things she said was music she used to give herself a treat of having music in her training runs but what she specifically said was that she had about six songs that she really felt were kind of anthems soundtracks to her journey that she replayed and replayed on these training runs that when she got to the event she could tap into those and sort of hear them Mm -hmm. playing in her head so Oh, yeah, sorry. Go back to your heart rate. You kind of put me off heart rate. (laughs) As I've gone through this process, what I've realised is that if I use my heart rate as an indicator, Mm -hmm. I find that it is so intuitive and I find it's a very, you used the word already today, I think, holistic way Mm -hmm. of approaching that training session because your heart rate will alter because of the temperature or because of how tired you are you will know your training safely rather than if you just go on pace, which is what I would previously have done. It's not absolutely foolproof. You do also have to just go by, well, how do I feel? Thank you very much for that. (laughs) No, and I think it's important that we give the opposite sides. And I have started to do more RPE stuff, rate of exertion, than I ever did before. Actually, another important thing was that you get your parameters wrong in the first place. Yeah, exactly, which Uh, I think I've got at the moment. So in order to calculate those parameters, those ranges, Mm -hmm. you do threshold testing. Well, some of my threshold tests have been really rubbish for whatever reason. I know that it hasn't been my maximum effort or whatever. So then that threshold is wrong, which means those ranges are wrong for like the next month of training. So sometimes I'll come back from a, a zone two run or something and I'll look at my watch and I'll say, well, actually you spent 20 minutes of it in zone three. And I think, no, I, I'm sure I didn't. Either my the thresholds are wrong or it's not actually picking up my heart rate accurately. But sometimes it can be kind of like, oh, 
yeah, maybe I did push it a bit too hard there, actually. I need to, you know. Well, this is something I was going to say, actually, about breaking the cycle for your well-being. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, smashing your bike up. I mean... Okay, no. <laughs> I mean that. exactly this. I mean all of this energy that I put into understanding my training and all of this data, it's a lot. And you get very kind of blinkered about it, don't you? And you get blinkered in order to do the training plan. You have to serve a certain amount of discipline and you have to be, to a certain extent, quite systematic about it. And then you get to a point where you're like, I'm just going for a swim today. It's not on my plan. I think every so often you have to just break into it and go, nah, today I'm doing this. Yeah, have a day of rebellion. Yeah, you're just kind of like because also it just makes you feel like you're back in control. You're not just doing what the training yeah. plan. I know you've said before. Oh, I just went out and I just I just wanted to run. I just wanted to yeah yeah. And the the science of sport podcast guys. In fact, the one I was listening to the other day, they were saying the mental health benefits sometimes of going for a ride and riding fast because they want to push themselves and they yeah. just want to see if they can beat that time are perhaps on that day in those circumstances mm. more important than yeah. doing a zone two because that's what's in the training plan and you really shouldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. treats when we're running we've we've sort of discussed it about we've talked about music i did want to talk about kit because i don't think i mentioned yeah it. i want to talk about kit i remember you and i discussing in the early days when i think you were a recent heart rate zone two training convert and we did discuss maybe getting some t-shirts that say all right i'm doing a zone two run some kind of t-shirt or some kind of sign that would just you know give up give out some data to people so they could just stop judging you we've gone full circle that's strava isn't it really it's just online yeah. so if you can get some yeah. strava feed to scroll down your back yeah yeah but you have said before if you're feeling a bit demotivated get yourself a nice bit of new kit mm-hmm. like just new socks or new laces or so it doesn't have to be you oh, know expensive new kit something lacy <laughs> new lacy yeah get a nice lacy <laughs> pants you know headband anything i bought myself some aftershock stone conductor headbands and they are amazing me and nobby's amazon account we're all over mm-hmm. it Running in beautiful places, for me, I really need to be motivated by the landscape. I always want to be near water or big green open spaces as much as possible. So I I love running along rivers and canals. You just made me think I have a little bit of a desire to run where there are people. It motivates knowing that people might see me because I probably because I'll then be inspired to go a bit faster because I won't want to look like I'm in zone two. But then that's gone against everything I've said. Because you run with Jill and you run with Elliot sometimes. No, now let's pretend they can't hear this. Do you? What's your preference, running on your own or running with other people? I hate running with them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love. I no, I love running with other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For some of the running training, running is so, your pace is so specific to you. It's very difficult to find somebody who is exactly the same pace as you and wants to go at exactly that same pace. But that's so rare. Shall we move into the transition area? Yeah. 
which our esteemed friend and listener, Elliot Midlar, mm-hmm. has pointed out is basically just AOB. Yeah. Wise, I just wanted to say about sleep, because we've been listening to that sleep. Uh. Get enough sleep. You know, we've got all got this kind of sweet spot of sleep, how much we need. Yeah. I need eight hours. I love eight hours sleep. If I get seven, well, that's okay. But any less than that, I start. I wake up feeling sick. Any more than nine, and everything starts to hurt, and I feel like I've been hit over the head. What about you? Two? Two hours? I, <laughs> I, if I can go to bed and and set my alarm for six hours later, I feel quite kind of like okay, that's good. That's a good night's sleep. But. A, a real luxury is eight hours. Beyond eight hours, oh, I almost feel guilty if I've had more than eight hours. I just think, oh, wasted the day. Come on, get up, get going. Do you want to talk about yoga? Yeah, although I feel like a bit of a fraud because I haven't done very much yoga recently. But I know when I was when I originally had a online coach and they were giving me lots of kind of strength and conditioning training to do, and I was thinking, this is crazy. I sh- I'm getting all this from yoga. For me, that's my church. That's my kind of religion is is spending some time on the mat. For me, it lends itself perfectly to the training plan. I know for you, it's it's not so good because of your sacroiliac. I've struggled with it because I absolutely, absolutely love it. But I sort of overextend. I basically dislocate my pelvis in order to Mm. achieve the most extreme version of a pose. And then I end up with other problems. I have to be careful about my limits and I also yeah. have to oh I can't remember now I'm getting really tired I can't think. Oh. also have to be really careful weight lifting weights or doing abdominal work because of singing all right then let's just set our commitments out for next week I'm going to try and re-engage with the joy of each of the disciplines because I think I've got to a stage, I think because we're because it's potentially next month, I've lost a little bit of the joy of, you know, learning to swim, of, you know, I love cycling, but it's become a little bit of a stressful thing rather than it being a thing yeah. that I love doing. And running normally, I feel like running is really good for my mental health, but it's it's not been recently because it's been a stressful thing. What a lovely commitment mine is just about nutrition I'm just going to really focus in now as we get closer to the race on what I enjoy eating what makes me feel good what gives me energy what makes me feel a bit sick I've decided soaring apple bars are not (laughs) my thing (laughs) it just tasted like Mm -hmm. washing up liquid so it's yeah nutrition week for me if you want to discuss any of the issues raised in today's <laughs> you can contact us if you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today you can contact us you can email tryumph at gmail.com or you can contact us on instagram charlotte what's our handle try underscore oomph double o m p h Thanks to you all for listening. Thanks to Redmond for producing. And I really need to go now because I'm going to eat my curry. Yeah, you need to go because you're bonking, lady. (laughs) You're bonking live on a podcast. That's not right. This is a clean podcast. Get out of here. (laughs) 
Okay, you get out of here. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.